Before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. The Hog Football Podcast is brought to you by GameStrat. GameStrat is the number one sideline replay choice for the top football programs in the country. Their system is extremely reliable, easy to set up and use, and they also have the best customer service in the industry. Go to GameStrat.com to learn why more coaches keep switching to GameStrat for their sideline replay system. That's GameStrat.com. G-A-M-E-S-T-R-A-T.com. Before we move on, let's talk about the fastest growing sports team software, All In Team Sports, and how it's helping coaches save time while streamlining their communication, scheduling, and so much more. It's no surprise that coaches are always looking for ways to increase efficiency and save time. That's why this software is so great. It offers coaches all the features they need to manage their teams, from player nutrition and health goals to in-app awards, document sharing, and a team feed that immediately boosts player engagement. This software makes it easy for coaches to stay organized and help their teams succeed. The software also allows coaches to set up a variety of different activities and tasks. For example, coaches can create a schedule for their team, assign tasks to individual players, and even create custom messages for specific groups or individuals. This allows coaches to quickly communicate with their players and keep track of their progress. Plus, the software also allows coaches to create and manage sports-specific activities such as drills and practices. And for all the football coaches out there, they have a video system that is built to work with Huddle that is top-notch. You can sign up today using using code HOGFOOTBALLCHAT to get 75 days entirely free. And I promise it will be an app that will replace all others on your phone. Check them out by going to allinteamsports.com or give them a follow on Twitter at allinteamsports. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. I've got with me today Coach Bobby Grant. Uh, Coach Grant is currently the run game coordinator at Episcopal School of Jacksonville in Jacksonville, Florida. Coach, welcome. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I got to ask you first, we were supposed to do this last week and and you (laughs) got a little sidetracked. Uh, Congratulations on the little one. Um, (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate it. How has sleep been so far? You know what? I, I, I tell uh, my wife and everyone, I'm, I, I've been a horrible sleeper my whole life. So really, this is old hat. I've, I've been I see it as I've been training for this my whole life. So awesome. uh, so it, it sleep is not good, but that's par for the course. Right. Well, well, good. Well, I can I can tell you from experience, it'll get better, um, but then it'll <laughs> get worse again. So, uh, you know, our our little one is uh, is 10 months. And last night, Actually, the last two nights, uh, she decided that she was going to have a party in her crib at about two in the morning. Um, and so that was a fun hour, hour and a half of uh, just listening to her play and have fun. So, uh, you know, you get that to look forward to. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, looking eight months into the future, that sounds <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun now. So, yeah, I mean, right. Hey, but then again, I'm wide awake and I've had my caffeine, so I 
can take over the world right now if I needed to. So well, it it is I it is something that going in for me too because it was my my first. I was kind of that was like one of my big fears was like oh like what's am I gonna be a zombie? Am I gonna be exhausted? And you're you're not. You're fine. Like it's it's it, you're up a little bit and then you catch back up on sleep so it's not a big deal it's like everyone everyone made it out to be this horrible horrible thing and then it's it's <laughs> like not that big of a deal well i'll tell you i had my I, I had my oh crap moment uh like the night she was born our first night with her uh, we were staying in the hospital because there were some complications and uh uh she the entire night you know because they're apparently i'm i'm learning a lot right yeah. i was a business major i did not study like exercise physiology <laughs> or the human body whatsoever other than lifting weights so like i'm learning a lot and uh you know apparently babies are born uh pretty much nocturnal uh, right. And I remember that entire first night, um, she was just up the entire night. And I remember thinking to myself, looking in the mirror, what have I done? Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, I say that jokingly, it's been, it's already been fantastic. You know, it's the, it, people, people love to say, you love the cliche, it changes your life, but uh, you can already, I can already kind of feel the difference a couple days in. So, yeah, no, no um, doubt. It's, it's, it is, it's amazing. Um, I love it every every second. I just and you'll you'll find this out too. I mean, I you know I'm talking like I'm I'm old hat. I've got I've got one kid who's ten. Hey, look, you're you're look, you are you are compared to me. I'm five day five six. Actually, no, that's not true. I'm I'm a whole weekend. You're a week now. I'm I'm a veteran at this point. So, but 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 I look at these people with like five six kids, and and I'm sitting here giving you advice. But it's I I mean I still look at I look at my baby and and I look at my wife and I'm just like how is this is she's not ours who did who did who did we take yeah. her from who did she belong exactly. to and, exactly so. well it, it's like those first couple of years of coaching where you're just everybody's like be a sponge it's like i don't care if i'm getting <laughs> advi- advice from the uh the guy asking me for five bucks while i'm walking out of the uh grocery store right. I, I need i need it i'm taking it so yeah yeah absolutely well it's awesome i'm very happy for you guys and uh you you, you talked about coaching so let's Let's actually talk about coaching now a little bit. So uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get off of fatherhood. But, um, you know, you've been coaching for seven years. Uh, you've been kind of not really all over the place. You spent, you know, time in Florida. Talk to me about um, talk to me about how the offensive line played a role in some of the uh, some of the better teams that you were a coach on. Uh, well, I mean, I think I I. I got to tell you, I hate cliches, but I'm going to use one now anyway. Like, you know, we all hear the whole it starts up front. So, you know, I think we could all look at any successful football team we've ever been a part of. And the offensive line has been, if not the mainstay, a bigger or a very big portion of really everything that we do. Um, I know, uh, you know, especially those early years at uh, Bishop Kenny, we had a – we had a fantastic offensive coordinator uh, who, you know, he and he uh, was has really been great to me. But he, um, you know, every offseason, he would kind of sit down and look at, OK, what do we have up front? What's the run game going to look like and how do we build um, both pass game and play action off of what we believe our guys up front can do? So mm-hmm. with those more successful teams, you know, those guys are the it's really the ones where we're able to find a really good fit um, with the personnel that we have um, right. and are and, and are really able to execute. I'd say the best lines I've had, though, 
are the best the best teams are led by their offensive line i think both as a unit and uh both on and off the field you almost have that uh captain bias or uh captain by committee thing going on where you know you have it could be if any one or any five of the offensive linemen are in a room um you know they're they're the ones kind of leading the charge on hey we're going to be focused we're going to get things done we're going to listen um so you know the more successful teams i think the offensive line is the big thing is they're just as much a proponent or a uh cog in the wheel off right. the field as they are on yeah that's a that's a really good point because everyone sometimes not everyone but people forget how important off the field is you know oh, yeah. to to the to the team to the camaraderie and everything and well and and i won't speak to you know i obviously you you can speak to the college level better but especially at the high school level i mean you've got 13, 14, 15 year olds who are learning to drive and some of them don't even know how to use their own locker. So, I mean, right. it, you, you've really, you've really got to have a whole, a kind of a big brother, uh, kind of a relationship with those guys. So that kind of strong leadership, uh, or even just a, even just a, as a unit, having that kind of a, uh, you know, a, a group that you identify with and that you're uh, confident and comfortable with is just, it's massive. It's, yeah. uh, it's huge. Yeah. And, and I think it brings the best out of those young guys. Again, some of them might be, you know, struggling to tie their shoes in the morning right now. But, right. you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, when you have guys that lead, you know, and lead in a group and you have young guys who are a part of that group, I think it really, you know, kind of empowers them to progress faster um and be better earlier because they're not going through the whole timid i'm a freshman uh oh what's going on here right kind of a thing right no that's that's true i mean it's my experience at the high school level i was all not always but sometimes i was at schools where you know my my entire time at at springfield high school in illinois i never really worked with the freshmen or, or sophomores even all that much because we had separate coaches. We we were we were lucky oh. enough. So um, you know, even even after that, there were some times when I would I would try to include those young guys. Once I kind yeah. of moved away, include them as much. And you know, obviously at the at the collegiate level, you include those guys in in everything you do, just because it's that that much more um, you know streamlined a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, you you kind of you talked about again the off the field stuff. Some of my some of my favorite groups of offensive linemen were guys that they like I can remember one group one team in particular where the five the five guys that started on the O-line all season were like the five best of friends too and and it was oh yeah like that relationship like watching film with them on Saturday mornings it was some of the best coaching ex- memories I've got because you know one they were they they loved the game they loved being mm-hmm. offensive linemen um yeah. but like they would just the jokes and the laughing and oh yeah well i mean was... it, it's a it, it's a it's a rough i mean especially these some of these younger guys i mean offensive line and I, i'm not telling you anything you don't know right. but it's like it's not glamorous and you know i think a lot of kids will uh, do whatever it takes to avoid playing offensive line so those little things like anything that makes it uh 
I don't want to say palatable, but fun to be an offensive lineman, you know, when you're going and you're spending time with, you know, people that you care about and that care about you and friends that, you know, there's laughter and fun going on there. Um, you know, that's huge. Right. Because, because I mean, let's, let's not split hairs here. It's, it's not a, everybody says it's a thankless position, but you know, you, on top of being thankless, you are also going to get the blame most of the time. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, anything, anything like that, you know, though you make a great point that those rooms are the ones that are typically the most successful because I, I think, and it just trickles down to guys show up consistently guys are engaged, you know, all of that stuff. When those guys have a bond that, yeah. um, you know, that, that it lends itself to being successful as a unit. Yeah. Well, and they've got, they know they've got each other's backs too. They know that they don't want to let the guy down, you know, let the guy next to him down. So they're going to, they're going to perform just as hard and just as, as, as tough as they need to, to, to make that guy, to make that guy look good um, as opposed to themselves. So that's, that's also part of it. Um, That's Mm -hmm. also great. So, um, you know, let's, let's talk a bit. You, you've got, this is your, you just finished your seventh year coaching. Um, yeah. I, how did you get into coaching? And, you know, is it, you know, seven years is shoot. That's some guys will look at you and say, that's a, that's a lifetime. Some guys will look at you and say, you're still a baby, but um, how did you get in and, and why have you stayed? And do you see yourself staying in for as long as you can? Oh yeah. I'll, I'll be coaching football until the day I croak. I, right. I, I it's, you know, I, I tell everybody because I'm so I'm not an on campus teacher. Um, I'm not I'm not brave enough to be a teacher. Those people are superheroes. <laughs> and I it's just it, it was never in the cards for me. So right. I do I, I do have a job. I work um, outside of the field. Now, some people could argue I spend more. Or well, I spend probably a lot more time on football than that. But I tell everybody my career is coaching football. The other job just kind of pays the bills. Um, and, and so I say all that to say that, um, you know, it's, it's something I will do until I am physically incapable of doing it any further. But, um, you know, as far as how I got into coaching, it it, it was really, it was something I knew I wanted to do for, frankly, for most of my life. Um, my, uh, I I recall long time ago when I was, you know, just barely in middle school, uh, my little brother played, uh, flag football. And my dad was his coach. And I remember, uh, you know, obviously being a rather chunky young man, I played center my whole (laughs) life. So like I wasn't running around on the flag football field, throwing dimes and catching touchdowns. I was, you know, snap the ball, Bobby, and then stay out of the way. Right. So it, so, you know, I would go to my games and then I'd come back down and kind of, uh, you know, help coach my brother's team. And I remember, you know, that feeling of, Hey, I told you, you know, I, tr- I corrected you here. I see you apply it and you are better for it. Um, you know, happened once or twice. And that's, I, I knew I just, it, it, no matter what I did as an athlete, I wanted to coach football for the rest of my life. So, right. um, you know, that's really how I got on that path. Um, you know, I originally started out at Jacksonville university. I was there for about a year. Um, I got a little banged up and then ended up deciding to kind of hang it up and uh, hang it up. And then immediately from there, uh, I got in touch with my high school coach, uh, Bobby Rollerson. And he um, 
he he had mentioned he and I had had several conversations over the years about me wanting to coach football after I was done playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just it was a, he gave me the opportunity as a 20 year old kid who was zero coaching experience to come in and, um, you know, work on that staff and uh, at Bishop Kenny. And, you know, that's uh, that's kind of all started from there. Right. And it's it's funny how. It all, you know the snowball effect so to speak of once it starts it's kind of we we you know you're you sound very similar to me you kind of jump in both feet and oh yeah and don't look back and just say let's let's do it and and kind of you know learn on the fly and um, absolutely you know do you yeah. ever do you ever look back on your first year and kind of shake your head and say what the hell was i thinking um and what what, what was i doing and and then kind of oh know, absolutely yeah. absolutely i i look i look back at this past season i mean <laughs> and, and it's still i mean i i'm i'm very uh I, I would say i'm pretty critical of myself but regardless you have to have that you have to take that time in the off season to evaluate so right. you know i but absolutely especially the the stereotypical young coach things where you're like you're giving opinions to a guy who's been coaching for 20 some odd years and you're looking at him saying, Hey, you know, this might be a good idea here. And, you know, like, as if you're actually like, you know, telling him something he doesn't know or, um, you know, thinking, thinking, man, I could, I think the common one that I still see young coaches, even though I wouldn't consider myself necessarily old, but guys less experienced do is, and, and fans is look at and say, man, I could, you know, if I were calling plays or if I were doing that, yeah. and I think, I think we all kind of naturally do that. And then you, uh, then one day you get handed the reins and you realize, holy crap, this is not right. easy. Like, right. So, so absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of things uh, that uh, I did at that point that I look back and it's the really cringy moments, you know, right. uh, the really, really cringy things that you said to a player, like, for instance, I I'm a I try to eliminate. I spend a lot of the off season every year looking at rules, um, mm-hmm. and I try to rewrite and redo, or not rewrite, but tweak our rules so that there's as little gray area as possible. Sure. Uh, I, I, I you know I tell my players I want them to look at our rules like a math like a math problem. Like you don't memorize you know three times twenty seven. You look at three the multiply sign then twenty seven. And because you see the multiply sign, you know what to do from there. Right. Um, and my goal is always to make sure our rules are that ironclad that we, um, so we don't, you know, so, so it's always, there's always an answer. But I say all that to say, you know, most of what I look back on is, or are moments where I looked at a player and, you know, tried to make an in-game adjustment. And I said, well, just block so-and-so. Right. And and there's no real reason behind it or any kind of logic that goes with it. It's just like, hey, well, if he does this, then block him. And, you know, not thinking through the, well, how does that affect it? Am I changing rules? Things like that. Um, you know, you get a lot of those that nowadays I would, you know, I would kick somebody else for doing if they walked up to one of the linemen and, uh, you know, just kind of half cocked through throughout a solution. So, right. But absolutely. But, yeah, but that's but that's also sometimes we as coaches, and you know this, and, and we as coaches, you know, the right answer, the correct answer sometimes eludes us in our thought process mid-game and, and 
and we we do give that we'll just block it just you know just yeah just, you know, just, no, move, I, your, just move your hand this way or just do this and we don't have oh, the, absolutely you know the, the the correct answer and then we kind of after the fact we look at it and we say oh the, yep, the, the right those answer are the was right there it was yeah it was the the, the answer was there and in, in in the stratosphere we just couldn't think of it and so yeah those, those still happen i mean i'm going on year 16 and those happen more often than I would like them to happen. So. Oh, I, I, that, those are, that's the source of a lot of my off season contemplation is, you know, that moment where I told the right guard to do X, Y, Z. Right. And I, and I'm like, I literally told him to break his rule. Right. And it's like, I, it, I either need, we either need to call a different play or that rule is not encompassing everything he's going to encounter. Right. So either way, that's me. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's a uh, that's a it's still a common occurrence. I'd imagine yeah. it'll continue to be. It will, and it's and it's and it's like you said, it's part of the learning process, and it's part of getting better as a coach because you, I mean, shoot, I can I can sit there and think of countless times, even this past season, and we did not have a very good year, but if mm-hmm. I had just given one different piece of advice or one little technique tweak or one something 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 to that would have made you know the difference in a a big play or a, a sack or a negative play so it's it's a, it's a it's amazing how much better of a coach you are when you get the hindsight oh no involved. doubt <laughs> you're you're so you're, you're so much more prepared to make adjustments after the game is over no doubt. And you know what's gonna happen yeah no but, that's no no question about it it's uh it, we're we're all we're all the best coaches in the world after the fact so oh yeah yeah. everybody is yeah everybody um, is yep you you know you talked about you, you know your your title this year uh o-line coach run game coordinator and and kind of i'm curious as as your pro- what your process is kind of as the run game coordinator you know what what you kind of starting saturdays the day after the game moving into sundays and kind of the next opponent how do you how do you handle all, all those things what's your sort of breakdown and, and how do you how do you balance that with being a you know having a, a quote-unquote real job uh that isn't <laughs> football related you know what's your what's your process with all of that and, and you know how are you handling it uh you know I I'm a big believer in so I I, te- I try first off it, it results in a lot of after hours work uh-huh. um you know but typically um you know, typically my work uh, outside of football, uh, you know, because it's kind of like your vegetables before dessert, right? You right. want to get that done before you move into something else. And typically, for the most part, I'm a pretty efficient guy. I'm very organized. So, you know, when it, it's time management, it's just time. It's time management and knowing, you know, where you have spots where during the work day you can, you know, you have time to do football, how much time it's going to take you to do X, Y, Z project. Right. Um, and, and really just managing it. Um, you know, it's, it, there's, I don't think there's much of a secret sauce to it. It's just, you've got a, a very routine based, uh, you know, you, you learn where you have pockets of time, where you are able to spend more time on football and then really whatever's left, whatever I feel I didn't get done either film wise or otherwise, uh, you know, it's, it's going to happen either in the wee hours of the morning or late at night. Right. Um, 
you know, so, so that's how I manage it. Um, you know, when it comes to, uh, Saturdays, uh, you know, we've got a great offensive coordinator. Um, he, uh, when I first, this was my first year at Episcopal. And when I came on, um, one of the things he and I discussed was, you know, just really kind of that he wanted to revamp the run game. And I think one of the things I've appreciated about him is that he's, uh, you know, we've all met coordinators and all of us to some degree have an ego. Um, but, you know, he's viewed it as very much a, you know, he's, he's, he's been open and receptive to input and really welcomed it. Right. Um, and I think a lot of the, you know, being able to send a lot of guys down with me uh, to correct run game mistakes and not, you know, pile all that on top of him has been huge, but you know, all, all the credit in the world to him for that. But Sunday, Saturdays, usually it starts with, um, you know, we'll, we do our meetings. Uh, we'll review film. I'm typically, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, after the game, I'm not much of a sleeper. I kind of sit and wait until the film is up. Right. So to watch it, cause I, you know, it's fresh. I know exactly what went on. Typically, you know, I'll sit down and I'll write in my notes, you know, things that I don't want to forget, like, you know, the left guard, you know, false stepping on his pole. I don't want, that's a small mm -hmm. detail that I could let go that I want to make sure I write down before I forget. But, you know, it all starts for me when it comes to, into the game plan. Um, it all starts for, with whatever our bread and butter is that year, whatever the run play is again, especially in high school being so personnel based, um, you know, what, it, the game planning starts with what what is the best look to run our you know our best run play against right um you know this past year it was uh it was outside zone um we just we had a young man who a uh, very unselfish runner ran the ball very hard and he would just he would consistently wouldn't always hit the home run, but he would consistently get you four yards. Right. Um, even if it meant that he was passing up a potential opportunity, if he were to break a tackle one-on-one -on -one outside, he was going to get you four yards if it killed him. Um, so, you know, it, for me on Saturdays, it starts with what's the best look that we can run that out of? Um, what's, the, what's the best formation for us? Uh, and then from there, kind of building off of, okay, well, we've got our best play. We know that these are the looks we like based on the film that, that we're getting from them. Um, and really for me, it all, Matt, it, the big question, and I'm sure it is for most offensive line coaches, is uh, how do we create double teams? Um, sure. how, how can we create double teams? What look gives us the opportunity to create not the most double teams, but the most valuable double team. Right. Um, that's you know, at the point, point of attack. Yeah, that's so, a great point right there. Yeah, and so it, that's really that's really the basis of I, I'll start with our best play, looking for the best look, and then from there it really is a matter, especially because we typically at Episcopal will have a somewhat undersized line. Um, we didn't really this year. We had a couple of guys who were smaller, but you know, in general, two on one are really good odds <laughs> for the offense. So. It, after it come, after our first play or our best play comes off the board and I know like what the look is that we like there it's really a matter of you know what plays 
out of our base run scheme, what plays do we really like where, and what plays can we create quality double teams um, for us to be successful? Right. Um, and, and then from there, it's just, it, it you know, it extrapolates from there. And uh, then eventually the, the OC and I get together and talk about plays and formations and runs and, um, you know, kind of build the rest of the game plan from there. But that, that's really, at least without getting into the absolute granular detail, that's how I'm, that's how I go about how I approach it. I just yeah. want to find where can I create teams and how can we best run our best play? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a super, that's a super good point though um, that you made about not just, not just creating double teams, but creating valuable double teams, you know, creating, you know, sure you can get a double team here with your, with your center and, and guard, but, but maybe the better double team is going to be with your guard and tackle. Maybe the better double team on this play is going to be with this guy and that guy. So that's, that's uh, well, you, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head with that example. Exactly. I mean, it were, um, you know, so I, I coach more of a, I call it a duo scheme that I don't want to get, or I, I will try not to get into the whole duo versus inside zone deal, but right. I, I teach it essentially the same as inside zone. Only reason I te- I call it duo to the players is because, you know, when they come in, I teach them, you know, kind of like gap scheme versus run scheme, run plus rules, gap or gap scheme versus zone rules, excuse me. Right. And, you know, what that means, where they're working. And with us running so many gap scheme plays, it just made more sense to, you know, keep with a traditionally gap scheme kind of a, a look. But, um, you know, it, the point about the guard and the tackle is the is exactly, you know, the conundrum I run into a lot of times, because when we run that play, you know, we can get the we can get the guard in the center. But then at the point of attack, we've got a tackle who is one on one. Right. And no matter how I feel about that guy, again, at the point of attack, I want that double team. That's the most important place to have a double team. So. You know, things like that, you know, kind of tweak how you look at, do we run this play this week? Is right. this a viable play for us? Right. No, that's awesome. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's what you should be doing as a, as a run game coordinator, not just, you know, don't just throw things against the wall and see what sticks. You got to find out, you know, answer the whys. And, and like my, my offensive coordinator I worked with this past season at Elmhurst would always say, I, you know, I'm going to poke holes in it and find out what, you know, what holes I, I can make. And if you can't make any holes, then let's, you know, that no pun intended with talking about holes in the run game. But, no, but, um, it, but it makes sense. Right. It, but I, if, you, if you can't, if you can't poke any holes in it, then it should be a sound run play. So let's, you know, let's do it. So um, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Uh, well, coach, last question I've got for you. Uh, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you coached, guys you played with, or guys you're a fan of. Who would be on that five-man offensive line? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> you know, I there there's so see here's here's the debate I get into repeatedly. Yep. Um, is you know especially with Kelsey having Jason Kelsey having such a great season this past year. Yep. Um, is I find myself in the debate of who's the best center. Of, of all time it, which is which is where I, I start with it because a being a center and b it's the hardest one for me right uh you know and, and I, I go i always go back and forth between kelsey and mike webster okay uh, 
and, and you know, I'm going to go Kelsey right now, just for the sake of not listening to me ramble about why, <laughs> um, you know, but you get in, then you get into, um, gosh, Mount Rushmore. Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go position by position. Cause that That's only fine. makes sense. Uh, it, you know, tackle from the tackle position, you've got to go with, um, you got to go with uh, uh, Joe Thomas at that yeah. left tackle. I, I'm not, you know, there, there's some great ones. You got uh, Ogden and, but I'd have to go with Joe Thomas there. Um, from the guard for guards, you've got, I, I'd go Larry Allen. Okay. Um, I definitely Larry Allen's up there for me. Um, and uh, uh, Bruce Matthews. Oh, nice. Bruce, good, good choice. Uh, we're gonna, I, I, you know, I'm not sure, you know, being someone who played all of the positions, I'm not sure exactly where he would fit on that, but anywhere he's, he's somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, some, he's somewhere in there. And then, uh, you know, I'm going to sound like an Eagles fan, but you know, I, I have trouble not putting Lane Johnson in that conversation. Sure. Yeah, you know, no. he, the dude's just I, I think I read somebody's article the other day saying where they were saying, you know, Patrick Mahomes is good. But I think Lane Johnson might have been the best player in the Super Bowl. And frankly, I don't know how you argue against that. Yeah, but hey, man, that, it's, it's it's your it's your amount. Hey, it, yeah, and look, I, I can I can live with it. I can yeah. live with it. <laughs> if you're if you're lining up behind with those five, you'll be all right. You should be okay, I think. Yeah, I, I, th right. I think you'll be all right. I think you can put just about anybody in that backfield, and you'll 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 live. Yeah, so. no doubt, no doubt. Well, coach, uh, do me a favor, drop your Twitter handle and any other information you want the listeners to know before we get you out of here. Yeah, so uh, my Twitter handle is at coach underscore Grant Junior. Um, and yeah, follow, love, appreciate the follow. And, uh, you know, outside of football, uh, I'm a big technology guy. You'll see me tweet about a lot of, <laughs> a lot of tools and things that we use in our own program to try and make it more efficient on top of my ramblings about offensive line play. So nice. nice. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. I know you've been busy. Um, yeah. again, congratulations and, and best of luck with everything. And, um, you know, let's, uh, Let's hook up again some more before the season starts and talk some more football. And I'm excited to kind of watch you guys from afar this year. Sounds great. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye. The Hog Football Podcast is brought to you by the online clinic at Chief Pigskin. The online clinic by Chief Pigskin is a collection of coaching content from over a decade of travels from a high school coach. With video quality that is unmatched, you should check them out at clinic.chiefpigskin.com.